welcome to another episode of Connections Tech Experience. I'm your host, Penny Conway, Senior Program Manager for our Workplace Transformation Group. And I am excited to have Ali Kondo and Alex DeRossi back in the studio this morning for round two of the Battle of Google and Microsoft. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hey, thanks for having us. I was so excited that you guys are here. We had such a blast last time that you were on. Um, I think maybe Google might have come out of the ring <gasps> a little less bloody and bruised than Microsoft well, did in our last round. I'm, I'm a fighter. I don't know what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> But we are going to be talking about a really cool topic this morning, and it's all about distance learning and education and where Google and Microsoft are really playing in that space today. So let's go ahead and set the stage here for a second and talk about the um, different alternative learning technologies uh, that are in the classroom today. Because when we really think about um, what's happening, it's 2019, it's practically the future already, like in this very moment. And there's a lot of different reasons why students would be at home and have a need for a distance learning. It could be a special need. It could be a geographical location. It could just be an online school that are popping up all over the place. Um, Connection is lucky enough to have a few of those in our book of business as well. Um, so why don't we go ahead and get started and um, hear from uh, Alex, why don't we start with you um, as uh, we let Google take over the last time. That's fine. Um, That's fine. Why don't we hear from you on really what Microsoft um, is doing in the space of distance and alternative learning? Yeah, thank you. So a lot of it is, you know, like you said, there's so many different ways that kids are learning today. All it is is there's a ton of options out there. Kids can learn where they learn best and how. So you have all of these technologies that are constantly connected to not only their classroom, but their other students and teachers. With Microsoft, they have things like OneNote and OneNote Class Notebook, where no matter where you are, what you're connected to, right, you're writing and typing in your assignments in real time with your student, with your other classmates, with your teachers. Those things are driven by cloud technology, right? And that's sort of the magic wand behind the scenes is... The cloud. The mm -hmm. cloud. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's real cloudy out there today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is cloudy out there today. You're um, right. So that really cloud is, is, like I said, it's the magic behind the scenes, right? So with Microsoft, you know, OneDrive technology and having those things cloud connected with Office 365 and Microsoft 365, those draw those things together and pull them together so that things that you're writing, right? You're writing a math assignment in your notebook. Your teacher is seeing exactly what you're writing as you're writing it. Can add a note. Even if you're at home, they're in the classroom. Those things are happening at the same time. You can see how many students are in your notebook, how many help, you know, they're helping, they're adding comments. Oh, that's great. I love that. Circle this. 97. Yeah, let's cool. let's circle back, you know. So with Microsoft, you know, the OneDrive technology in the cloud and a magic technology like OneNote for class, you know, class notebooks, um, those are the, you know, the two main things that are, are making this work. You know, it's really interesting because I and Ali, I think you might have talked about this when we uh, first had you guys on where that visibility that a, a teacher has to see a student 
working in real time. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it sounds a little creepy when you think about I'm a student and I'm sitting at home and <laughs> my teacher is sitting at they're home. watching you. <laughs> no. You it's better like be doing your work. They're watching me all day long and now they're watching me do my, my homework in real time. But um, kind of uh, what you were talking about last time, Allie, was, you know, you, you struggled in, I think, math. Mm-hmm. Math was your and ditto. Um, really struggled with math and that if your teacher had maybe had a little more visibility Mm -hmm. into your actual progress or like your thought process while you were doing the work um maybe everyone wouldn't have been so blindsided by your inability to add my inability (laughs) thanks penny (laughs) i'm sure my parents would agree with you though um you know what Probably managers to this day would probably still agree with you on that one. But um, uh, yeah, it is one of those things where like, I remember teachers telling me like, well, we'll give you partial credit if you show your work. And it's like, okay, great. Like, you know, I didn't get the right answer, but I showed my work on how I got there. And and those teachers, I always really, um, uh, I did much better in those types of classes because I was showing what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And they were like, well, this is this is where you didn't do it right. But could you imagine being a student in today's world where uh, a teacher does say, well, we'll give you partial credit, you know, for showing your work, but they're watching you do your work while you're doing it. And they can kind of correct you, maybe not necessarily always real time because teachers have limited time as well, right? right? Like we want to respect their time and, and we understand that like not every teacher at all times is going to be like watching over their student. But like, you know, there are times where, especially like version histories of things, where a teacher could look back and and look at the version history of somebody's document, especially like in Google Classroom or Google Docs. Those are types of things where within version history, a teacher could go back and say, oh, this is where you screwed up. Like, this isn't, I can understand how you got the wrong answer, but like, this is where we should have gone right. Um, and, and that kind of ties in for me, at least like what Alex was saying, what Microsoft offers, Google offers Google classroom, which comes with the, with the Chrome education license soon to be called upgrade. Um, we won't get into that. That will, that's another podcast, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, so it's part of the G suite, uh, offering from Google And G Suite, much like Office 365, is this bigger collaboration tool where students can be within the same document typing together. They can make a slideshow together. They can make an Excel, or not Excel. Oh, my God. My people are going to strangle me. My people are going to strangle me for that one. I think Microsoft just got a point. (laughs) They're probably making Excel. Let's let's be honest. That was painful for myself. Uh, They're making a Google Sheet for it. There we go. Um, <laughs> you guys got me out of bed so early. Um, so, so anyway, so they're making Google Sheets. They're able to go and in Google Sheets itself, I actually just learned this like yesterday. It's really cool. Within each cell, you can go in and see the version history of that cell. So when I say version history, I'm saying like what work has been done from the beginning of that, like the inception of that sheet or that document to its final version of it. So every mistake that was made, every edit that was made, you can go back and see what that history was and maybe where somebody, you know, didn't type the right thing or or an idea was really good, but you accidentally deleted it. And then you can go back and kind of recoup that. Um, and you can do that within Google Sheets as well, but you can do it by cell. So if a person or a student 
puts in a formula and realizes it's not the right formula. They can go back and they can change it. But, oh, actually, it was the right formula. Like, how many times have we probably all been, like, right on the first time and then we we second-guess ourselves and we're like, no, right. no, 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 that's not how I do it. Yeah. So you could actually go back and check that version history, which is really beneficial to students because, like I said, if you're doing a group project, if somebody put in an idea that you thought – Maybe didn't flow the first time, but actually it's a really good idea. You can go back or it's the exact opposite, right? Like actually that needed to be deleted. It needed to never be seen by anybody else. Um, so we try really hard to make these collaboration tools available to students, especially in these distant learning um, environments, because it's key for them to feel like they're part of a group. It's key for them to feel like they are still part of the classroom and that they still have a voice in this. And we're not saying, you know, Every like like Alex and I were talking about this for a while, actually trying to come up with this topic. Like, what would the best fit for all of us be? And we were thinking of all of these different types of learners. We were thinking about people, not just your typical student, but where are their schools, right? Like we were talking about even prisons, where they have GED programs, where they have yeah. different classroom type settings. And those are the people, too, that would benefit from a collaboration with somebody else that's not within their walls, with ideas that aren't necessarily next to them, that they're not in that classroom learning those things over and over again. They're taking the the Internet, the cloud, and, and using it to their own benefit. And sometimes having other people to bounce those ideas off of, especially in collaboration tools like G Suite and in Classroom, those are those are really key functionalities. Yeah, no, and that that's a good point. And there's a little there's a little nugget there out of what she said is that alternative learning and distance learning the the it's actually about inclusion, mm -hmm. right? Making an inclusive setting for everyone, no matter where or how they learn, to be involved, right? And group projects and things like that make it work because right. no matter your situation, right? Wherever you are, you're at home on the couch. You know, your other group mate is you know he's. He's sick. He's he's in the hospital, but he's still getting his work done. Um, you know, catching up on those things, or you know, they're just they need a little extra time in the classroom, right? They they need some specialized learning. Whereas they're all in the same document. They're all on mm -hmm. the same Excel sheet. They're all <laughs> good on, one. working on the same presentation <laughs> together at the same time because of these cloud technologies from from Microsoft and you know also from the other company sure, um, sure sure you know that make those things work behind the scenes <laughs> you're getting them all in today and I'm <laughs> <dug> my own grave <laughs> so yeah it, it it's we you know we're talking distance and alternative learning but it, it's really about inclusion of all types of students yeah. and how they learn so I, I think of you know uh, maybe eons ago. Well, I shouldn't say eons ago because there was still the internet, um, so it couldn't have been that long ago. before the early nineties. Um, but you know, when I first started um, college, I was doing a couple of online courses, and uh, my experience as an online learner, distance learner at at that stage of the game was Blackboard, which mm. I'm sure Blackboard in and of itself has come a long way, but Fingers the, ex crossed. the experience was um, the teacher posts a, um, you know, what the syllabus is, mm -hmm. you know, on mm -hmm. the front page, and you've got a list of assignments that are on a calendar, and then the dreaded message board 
experience of all time where you have 95 exactly thrives. <laughs> so like, that was that was truly like a, a like a static experience. Like I mm-hmm. had to go in and read a message and then I would post a message and absolutely no one would read it or comment Ugh, on it. The worst or was when you had to, Yeah, the worst was when you were graded though on your participation on other people's posts. Right. So you right. had to wait for those people to post their learnings or whatever their some people would be like, I did not read this. And you'd be like, I have to post on your post, you jerk. Like, can you do it? <laughs> right. And there's no, like, there was nothing in real time. There right. was no notification. Right. There was no um Yeah, collab- you had to constantly check it. Constantly it's check awful. it. So com- looking at that experience, if you were to paral- parallel that to what students are doing today, what's the experience look like for that college student that now is needing to have that real-time collaboration there over you know i think of um, one of the um, largest online um schools right now is based right here in new hampshire um my alma mater oh no kidding (laughs) yeah um but that's a whole they're one of the biggest online schools and when you talk to somebody that uh goes uses their online program they truly feel like they're a part Mm -hmm. of the school now versus being on a message board in the wild, wild west and, you know, seeing things yeah. blow in the wind past them and wait for people to talk. So what's the experience look like for a student? How real is it, like that real-time collaboration? What's that look like? Yeah, and, and I can tell you this both from professional and personal experience because I'm taking online MBA classes right now. Oh, you fancy. And, and <laughs> I, you know, I remember going to my dad and be like, Dad, I'm going to take some, some – I'm going to get my MBA, but it's going to be online. And he's like, well, you know, they had that one in my day, too. It was called mail correspondence. <laughs> like, they Very sent you a packet and you fill, <laughs> filled out the assignments and then you mailed them back in and then they would grade them and mail them back to you. Um, and that's that's, that's like maybe my speed. Yeah. And that's how that <laughs> system was built. That's how you got to a place of message boards and things like that, because they're saying, how do we take this mail correspondence system and make it digital? Right. But now where we're at is with, you know, say, for example, like one of my favorite new Microsoft technologies, Microsoft Teams, right? With Microsoft Teams, my whole class can be in a team. My professor can be in there, my co-group mates, whatever assignment that we're working on. And in one place, we're chatting with each other. We're chatting with the teacher. We're posting files. We're working on the same files. It's hosting all of our files for us. So in a single program, in a single app, I have everything that I need about the school and about that class right in front of me. And it all happens together. What about video? Video chat, right? Yeah, right there. So if I need to talk face to face to a person, yeah, that, you know, cool. do an interview um, about an assignment or, you know, grab grab two seconds of them mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, I, I saw this. This was really good. I think we could change it. What do you think? How, how does this look? Yeah. You know, I don't even leave that app, right? I just hit them. I call them. They're on my team choose another name, go through, hey, how does this look, right? So You know, and it, it's, um, I remember seeing a little while ago, there was, I forget the actual name of it, but it, it's like a virtual field trip. I Students now I are so lucky, and when I, I say this, I'm thinking back to what you just said with your dad doing mail correspondence, and then I'm complaining about the Blackboard system, <laughs> and I was like, probably the future, like that would have blown his mind. Um, but st- like, I'm, I'm amazed when I see what students, um, 
can do with video chat alone. I, yeah. I know um, Microsoft, for example, I think was doing the virtual field trips where they were connecting with students. It was like, a, I, you might remember the name, Alex, but it was like, where in the world are these students? And they were connecting via, via Skype to ask the student questions. It was automatically translating yep. into yeah, another language. Cool. And like students don't have this like distance barrier anymore yeah. that, that used to exist when your dad was doing mail correspondence. But I think that you just That's hit right. the nail on the head, the word barrier, right? Like we're really trying to blow down those barriers, just knock them down everywhere we can because there's no reason that every student shouldn't be able to go on a field trip or from no matter where they are, right? Like you were just saying what Microsoft had, right? Like Google has the exploration kits for virtual reality where you can put on those goggles, you can put on that headset, you can see where you're going, you can touch, you can, you know, explore the natural you know, natural history museum and you can see dinosaurs, you can see all of these things. And you don't have to be, I mean, is it cool to go on those field trips? Uh, uh. Like, yes, obviously. Well, show me show me a field trip you can go on where you can actually see dinosaurs. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> I will sign up for that. You're right. Um, but it's, it's this piece that I think, I don't necessarily think it's that our generation really missed out on. I think we were able to do a lot of these things without having the cloud or having internet at our fingertips. But it was emerging when we were younger and we got to see glimpses of it. And now these kids that are coming up, they they get to do so much more and they get to be educated in so much more. And like what we were talking about, a real time, you know, collaboration, real time posts, like what we weren't able to have with Blackboard. Um, I'm sure like people from Blackboard are so pumped that we're talking about them right now. They're like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, Google has Google Classroom that within that Google Classroom, every virtual classroom has its own live stream. So much like uh, a team situation for Microsoft, you can go in there and you can post on on your classroom stream. Hey, like, did anybody see the homework? I missed it. Hey, did anybody get this research? I was just able to do that. You can post YouTube videos. You can share with your classroom classmates in, in real time. And you don't have to be right next to each other. And the glory of that is that people are able to work together so much more seamlessly. And then they can. They can get on a Google Hangouts. They can, they can call. They can video chat with their people. They can just chat with each other to try to figure things out. They can assign things to each other within their documents. And, and especially if they're in a group setting, right? Group projects are like the bane, I think, of like every kid's existence where they're just like, no, don't do it. Don't make it a group project. Because there's that one kid who always Allie, feels like... life is a group project. But it is. I it's love very <laughs> That's, oh my God, what a <laughs> Those are my faves. Um, but, it, you know, it gives, one, it gives credit where credit's due. But it also allows maybe those people who, those students specifically who are not big participators, those other kids can assign it to them and be like, nope, dude, this is on you. Like, we did our part. Um, so not necessarily making it like a, a blame game, but making sure that everybody participates in the way that they're supposed to participate. Um, and I think by students helping other students do that, everyone gets a better education out of the experience. Um, so... It is really cool how we're making things much more inclusive as we grow. And I think things are going to continue to grow. I think, you know, as a as a great example of what we're talking about, too, think about, the, you know, the one thing that no matter what level of student you are, you always dread is exams. Ugh, right. Yeah. Think of exams five, five to ten years ago was a, a piece of paper document. Right. That 
you Scantron. Know, right. Maybe it has a Scantron, right? I think you can use pens on those now. Big improvement. Yeah. <laughs> so you take an exam, right? What does an exam look like in 2019? It's a link to a website. Yeah. Right? You know, an example of uh, Microsoft Education student devices, right? You know, those great student devices that are everybody's favorite that have Windows 10 on them. Um, <laughs> it's or the ones that have Google OS and Chrome <laughs> OS to make everything really secure. They have TPM chips anyway. It's a feature of Windows 10 student devices that it has a test taking mode built right into Windows 10, right? Where all your teacher has to do or all your IT folks has to do is take that link to that website uh, where your exam is and put it into a page and it creates a separate account for test taking. So that way the student can just log onto their device. There's a new account showing, so it'll be their account on one side and a test taking account on mm -hmm. the other. They click their, their account it locks down the device so the only thing they have access to is that exam. So I have a question for you because that's interesting because yeah, we have absolutely. Google Forms and we can make a form and we can make it into a quiz. You can lock it within the Chrome device so that the student can only log into their form. They can only mm -hmm. take their test. It's a really nice feature benefit. I'm just going to say that. But I have a question for you because Google just came out with the grading rubric where it will automatically grade the test for the teacher. Is that the same for Microsoft? Will they do that? So two different things there, right? You got two different options. Windows 10 is all about options, right? And <laughs> oh my God, Alex! Right? <laughs> to slide that one in there, my friends. All right. If, if You're you really say, taking advantage of my 5 a.m. wake up call this morning. <laughs> if you ask me, like, what is the one thing about Windows that's like an advantage is, is options, right? You have options to do what yeah. you want, how you want it. And in that case of what you're asking about Microsoft Forms. Right, Ooh, big oh, name change. I'm gonna be Microsoft to Forms bet they... does exactly what you're what you're saying, right? You yeah, you can a create a partner in that an <laughs> <laughs> You can create an online form. You can have it automatically grade. It'll even take collect all the results for you directly into an Excel document. You click one button, you get that Excel. Okay, form. but that's different than the URL link that you were talking about. Different than take a test mode. That's okay. built into the device. It's okay. built in. It's a feature of Windows 10. Yeah, start talking directly into your microphone, Alex. We're having a real hard time here. Last time I was bumping it constantly. Can you talk right into it? I'm, trying to, I'm trying to face people when I talk to them. I know you are. This is not the right mic for you to have. <laughs> so, yeah, no, in the world of Microsoft, those are two, two different technologies. So I want to I kind of walk through a day in the life of a student for both Microsoft and Google or mixed because the schools we know have mm -hmm. and a little bit of Apple is probably sprinkled in there as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I figure if we're going to give Blackboard a plug, we'll give a, uh, Apple a plug too. <laughs> April. Um, April. <laughs> we'll give April a plug. But I want to um, I want to look at this from two different ways because we talk a lot about, you know, all of these great solutions, these collaboration tools and Windows devices and Chromebooks and things like that. But not every school can take advantage of everything. Um, for example, I, um, I was at a, a school a couple of months ago doing a career day here in New Hampshire, mm -hmm. and they were the lowest income level in the state, that particular middle school. Mm. Um, so they don't have a device in every student's hand. Those kids don't have the internet at home guaranteed. So let's start with the kind of basic 
um, low income sort of school and what the tools, what a day in the life would look like for that student and the tools that they might be able to take advantage of. And then let's go all the way up the stack and everything, you know, that a student could take advantage of in a more affluent area. Sure. So I'll start. So especially in that kind of scenario, right? Like Google and Chrome try really hard to be really cognizant of the types of schools that we're trying to get these devices into. So we do offer a wide range, especially of devices, so that even schools who don't have a huge budget can at least get a few of these devices in hand and not hopefully exhaust their their budget for technology in one go. We try to make it so that it is affordable. And within that um, education license, that is a perpetual license that you purchase to to enable the management and to enable the, the security pieces and the bringing it from a consumer model to an education level. Um, within that, you get G Suite for the classroom. So it makes it easier and it makes it more affordable for school systems like that that are on the lower income spectrum to take advantage of what we've been talking about this whole podcast, right? We want them to be able to be collaborative. We want them to be able to have these experiences that every kid should be able to have. And, you know, I use kid loosely because it should be kids who are preschool to seniors in high school. They should be able to take advantage of these things. College, I think, is still very much a privilege and it's expensive. And no matter where you go, you're you're going to have to have a device. But even if you don't have a device, there's a library with devices, right? And we want to make that accessible to everybody um, in the K through 12 world. So we're making it affordable. Those perpetual licenses, they live and die with the life of the device. So one license per device. And like I said, G Suite for Education is free. So they're able to get those collaborative pieces within that $30 license. And that's MSRP, right? So that's street price, $30 a license per device. Um, But you were talking about like, what does it look like if they go home and they don't have wireless? Well, even if they're using a shared device, right? Maybe not every kid gets a device, but that kid, one kid, right, is in charge of doing the presentation for the next day. They can bring their device home and they can work offline. So they can make that device, you know, they can make that document, they can make whatever they're doing when they're in the classroom, when they're on a network, when they're on Wi-Fi or when they're plugged into Ethernet even, if that's a thing that, that has to happen. That I don't know, Allie. Do Chromebooks have Ethernet plugs? They have dongles. Extra attachments. Extra attachments. Added on top of that $30 license. Now it's a $35 license. Anyway, good dig. Uh, this is like a really great one. Uh, so, oh, you got a check mark for that. One. <laughs> um, but we, you know, if they're bringing that that device home with those documents on it, they're able to work offline. And the minute that they come back into the school system and they connect to that network, those those documents automatically sync with all the changes that they did at their house. So they're able to have all of this offline work uploaded automatically and they don't have to worry about, oh, I'm not online. I'm not able to make any of these changes. And any kid is going to use any excuse that they can to not have to do their work when they get home. This isn't one of them. Just because you're not online doesn't mean that you can't take advantage of doing your work. Um, I just like, for example, 
yesterday was flying home from Chicago and knew that I needed to like get stuff together for this podcast. I needed to finish up a, a presentation. I needed to do a couple things. Before I left my network, I made everything available offline and I did all of my work on the plane because Wi-Fi is not reliable on a plane. And when I got home last night, I connected to my Wi-Fi and all of my changes were uploaded automatically and they were synced to everything that I was doing. So that, that goes for emails being sent. You know, if a student needs to send an email to their teacher and they're not online, they can make that email, they can send it, and as soon as they get onto a network, it'll send for them. You know, I, I think listening to that too, there even there is a certain level of, of assumption of where schools are at, right? And even if devices are affordable and their licenses are affordable, um, are. <laughs> then... You know, that's that's still not realistic in some schools, right? Like you said, the, the lowest income level in the area, right? So for a school like that, even affordable devices may not be in the budget, right? So one thing that Microsoft offers in the education space is the ability to leverage some of these technologies, even if you don't have any devices. Because I remember what my middle school was like or what my elementary school was like. We had one room in the school that had computers. Mm -hmm. It was the computer lab. It was the typing right. room. Yep. The, so, the typing room. The typing room. <laughs> I'm sure it had typewriters before that. Um, so with that, you know, you have a couple pieces of technology from Microsoft, like we alluded to it earlier, called Skype in the Classroom, where say only the only person in the room that has a device is the teacher. Well, the teacher can just plug that into their existing projector and have a Skype session with another country somewhere around the world. It's called Mystery Skype. So the kids jump on, so they, they see another group of kids. don't know who they're talking to? That's Correct. the game. They try to figure it out. Yeah, so they're, they're there. Oh, oh they it's a game. I'm so confused by this. Yeah. Well, that's I'm tired. That's because Google doesn't have it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Betty, See, why I'm the host. Microsoft here. So, so, so the way that mystery <laughs> Skype like this also costs money. That it does not cost any money. No, but your like Skype license does. It doesn't does it? not. It doesn't. <gasps> yeah. School Education.microsoft.com. Wow. You go and sign up for free. Yeah, and, same thing for G Suite for Education. Yeah, it's and free. you can do Mystery Skype with your classroom, right? So you you can't maybe you can't get to you know the nearest school to hang out with other kids and and have, encourage mm -hmm. that collaboration interaction. So the way Mystery Skype works is our classroom would go on. So if, say if we were a classroom, we'd see another group of kids and we'd ask them questions to try to figure out where they are. Right? Oh, are you in the southern hemisphere? Is Sounds it like hot there? Is it cold there? Not my favorite there? game. And eventually, what you get down to is, you know, one of the one of the classes will figure out where the other one is in the world, and then you have that instant connection. Right? You can connect with them again. When you go on the the Microsoft Educator site, you can see how many Skype teachers are on, where they're located, um, and you can see who they're available to connect to for sure, a virtual but field trip. That is cool. That is cool. But are those also available off? Why? Well, well, Skype no, isn't. You, you need well, to be able to connect. Yeah, yeah. That's like Google. Yeah, Google Hangouts. <laughs> I understand that. But like G Suite for Education, all those collaboration tools and all those things that you would need on a day to day basis. Like, are you doing Skype like the mystery call every single day? I mean, you could if you wanted to. There's there's thousands of educators on there and that site that are always available. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and on it the plus cool. side, I'm too. not gonna. I won't. I 
as much as I'm like, I, it. Allie, like, I, I see where you're going. Like, you know when, what I mean? Like, look, but as much so as. So if you're comparing apples to apples, right, Alex, yeah. if you're looking at just the basic Microsoft education suite of yeah. products, those are those things available offline, like the sheets, the, the mail, the OneNote, things like that. There are some portions of it that are available offline and they'll sync changes just like Google will if you're if you're connected and mm -hmm. you're typing in a document and it'll upload the next time you're connected. Um, but where I think of that is is you know you have that one one desktop in the classroom or that one computer yeah, lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. make a right? good point. Yeah. And it's where you even affordability of devices is not enough, right? You, For sure. You're getting to that. So yeah. with you know free office uh, 365 education with you know, you know, teachers available to use Skype in the classroom. You know, those, those things are available at any level with any number of devices. And so I want to I want to pause here and kind of point something out, because this is this is interesting. And the, the first time you guys were on with me, it was all about how these products can work together in the classroom. <laughs> we really took a turn. <laughs> Um, because it, knowing what I know and what I've learned from you guys, your solutions are very similar. Mm -hmm. um, and even at the price point, your solutions are very similar. I think each of you has these unique pieces that can really complement the other solution. Mm -hmm. And I think what Alex is talking about with the virtual classroom, that is a, a really big complementary piece for sure that maybe a Google classroom today could take advantage of because I've actually seen this live and actually a little behind the scenes here Alex and I used to work together wow. mm -hmm. in Microsoft education that's right but it it was a really um, <laughs> nobody could tell <laughs> nobody knew <laughs> I know <laughs> ganging up on me this morning nobody would know that Penny used to work with Microsoft but <laughs> It was it's a it was a really neat tool though to not only have that the the kids interaction mm -hmm. um, between countries like for geography classes and things like that but when you look at like so say Ali the school that I was in a mm -hmm. few a few months ago they had a cart full of devices mm -hmm. of Chromebooks um, and the teacher had a Windows laptop that is a common scenario yeah. that yeah. we've seen in the classroom. And so those students aren't on it all the time. It's just when they have a project or a yep. test that they need to do. But that teacher said, you know, these kids, they don't go anywhere. They don't see anything. Mm -hmm. They don't do any of that. And so that, um, along with the seeing kids in other countries, there's field trips. There's yeah. teachers. Yeah. From, yeah. Like there's, they have authors on there, right? Like a the, bunch yeah. of different people. Absolutely. Um, that can get into the classroom and give those students an experience that they wouldn't be able well, to have outside and of that I think technology. that you hit the nail on the head when you called it a tool these are tools mm -hmm. we're we're building a toolbox for educators we're building um you know a foundation for a bigger classroom to be built on so what I mean by that is yeah we're like in a perfect world, everything is in the cloud, right? Like every minute of every day, we're talking about how students could be online. They're they're sharing documents. They're doing all this stuff. When you watch a commercial online, like on TV, like, yeah, that's that's what they're doing. Like everybody's doing everything. But in the real world, a, a teacher has a really big part in the day and they're giving real life, you know, live, you know, conversations with their students. They're, they're doing hands-on activities. They're having this bigger role in the day than it might seem like we're talking about, right? The benefits of having 
either of our solutions in the classroom is that they can collaborate with each other. And you can use Google and you can use Chrome OS for some of those security pieces, for some of those test taking and that rubric and, you know, some of these pieces for state testing that, you know, we know that that's one of the biggest reasons why Chrome came into the to the piece is because mm -hmm. testing needed a new platform and that was what it was going to work on. Yep. Um, but it would be silly to for me to ignore the fact that, yes, that that Skype piece is really cool and mm -hmm. that, you know, in a lower income school district, it it could be that they're they're sharing Chrome devices, but to get their real world knowledge, they're using Skype. They're they're using some of these other virtual reality um, pieces and and it can all work together. We're just building that toolbox. So our goal here or your goal here at mm -hmm. Connection really is to bring this all together for Absolutely. schools yep. from yeah. the yeah. the low income to the they've got a budget that they don't even know how mm -hmm. to spend it all. Right. I, we have met those schools before. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Um, what are we you know, how can we help? How can you guys help? How can your teams help? You know, we've got the 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 topic we've covered today is really I mean, we we started with distance learning, but I think you guys really brought it full circle in that the tools and the toolkits and all of that in within your solutions um, can be happening in the classroom, at mm -hmm. home, in another country, um, and coming all together. So, uh, Mike, let's start with Microsoft. Sure. Uh, why don't you tell us what how your team can help um, yeah. bring all these things together, and then Ali will give you a chance to talk about Google. Sure. So, uh, he, you know, here at Connection, we not only have the dedicated account managers that can help you, you know, find find out what solutions are best for your school. Um, but we also have a dedicated Microsoft education team to help. We can get right on the phone with you. We can help explain things to you, tell you about things that you may not know about. And if you tell us what experience you're trying to have in your classroom, we'll get you set up with the right technology to do that. You know, and my favorite thing that, that my team says here is that with Windows 10 and in education, you can do more, right? One of my favorite things about Google, right? Follow me on this. My favorite <laughs> thing about Google you can do all that stuff in the Chrome browser. Mm -hmm. Guess what you can install a Chrome browser on? Any Windows 10 device. <laughs> so you don't have to choose between the two. If you get your school and your students Windows, Windows 10 devices, you can have the Chrome browser on there. Still leverage all of those great Chrome functionalities, but also do more with all the Windows things like Skype that we talked about. So in my opinion, you know that's that's one thing that that our team will help you with and help you decide on is is get the right resources for your school no matter what the solution. Awesome. Allie. And I, yeah, that, you're not too far off from what I was going to say. <laughs> I, ideally, they should you're be welcome. the same. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be yeah, very similar. I, I think the the uniqueness, not, though, the, in all seriousness, that you guys really bring together is that you clearly are working together. We you, are. We are. And you I, are finding where your solutions complement each other, yeah. where they overlap. And I think that that is a huge asset to the schools that you mm -hmm. deal with every single day is that Alex can say, oh, you know, you have a certain price point yep. that maybe we can't meet here or maybe mm -hmm. you have a need that we can't meet. I am working very closely with Google and vice versa. Ali, yeah. Now you can say, hey, Microsoft has yeah. virtual field trips. They, and yeah. Yeah. Exactly, Skypes. exactly. And we're here, you know, we're here to help build that solution for the customer. And we understand that 
there are going to be questions. There are going to be concerns. There are going to be just general confusion, right? Like, what's the difference? Why are we, why we as competitors are working so closely together? Um, but like what Alex was saying about how you can install Chrome on, on any computer, right? You can, and it's because of that security piece. It's because of the sandboxing. It's because of all these things that we talked about in the last podcast. Um, but kind of the reverse of that, if you're using web-based applications only in a school or only as, you know, on student devices, it makes more sense sometimes from a budget perspective to get that Chrome device and to put, you know, again, I'm going to be like strangled for this, to put, to put your, your Office 365, if that's what they're using, you can use it on a Chrome device because it just needs a, a browser. And if you're going to put Chrome on a, on a Windows device, it's because it's so secure. So there are some of these pieces that all kind of link together like a puzzle piece. And, and we want to help you really like find the edges and, and fill in the middle of that puzzle. Great. So the, the message is don't go it alone in your K through 12 classroom, whether you have distance learners, whether you have a classroom full of students Mm -hmm. or you have both because I very real scenario, um, visit connection.com and you can acquaint yourselves with the Microsoft and the Google team. And they look forward to helping you kind of make the best out of both worlds. Thank you again, guys. I think this round might go to Microsoft. We'll see. Yeah, I'll give that one up too. But, you know, I might be selfishly saying that so we can have a round three and see who wins. I need to have like another host that's Google, okay? That's what really needs to happen here. All right. Thanks so much, guys, for coming in. Great talking as always.